everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I know a lot of amazing photographers. I've met people who do things that absolutely blow my mind. And most of them are also good people. I enjoy hanging out with them at various conventions and shows, mostly when we go out for dinner, of course. And then there are a handful of people that are truly great. I believe Dan McClanahan is one of those. He's an amazing artist, but he's an even better dad. And yes, in my case, that also means friend. He has great wisdom, and he's able to put really big thoughts into just a few words. I always look forward to my time with Dan. Sit back, listen, and you'll see why. Do this. Give me an intro. Okay. And tell me who you are and where you're at and what you do and your favorite color. 30 seconds, 20 minutes. Somewhere between there. Oh, cool. You have between 30 seconds and 20 minutes. My name is Dan McClanahan from Ames, Iowa. I have been a photographer for 10 years now, which makes me feel like I finally made it to say. Mm. Um, I've been married for almost 11 years. I've got two kids. Mm. That's kind of the focal point of my life right now, at least what I what I value the most with my free time. Um which is interesting because before we had kids, our job was kind of that as a couple. So it's been fun to figure out that there's stuff in life that I care about infinitely more than I thought I cared about my job. Is that right? That's a whole nother topic. But yeah. That's interesting though. So you would say that before the children, the thing that you filled your time with was your work. Largely. Mm-hmm. Work and friends and relationships, but yeah. So we've transitioned our business. We began as wedding photographers, as many do, because that's the market that comes naturally to young people. Yeah. You have a lot of friends getting married and they right. say, hey, shoot my wedding. <laughs> right. So we built our business on that and did that for, oh, six or seven years. Uh-huh. And then we quit when we had kids. And during that time, I kind of transitioned into senior photography and commercial photography and now I do those two things about 50 50 depending on the time of year so I'll do ad campaigns travel around some for that and then we have a portrait studio where we shoot seniors and we're just trying to introduce families this year how's that going it's a blast Mm -hmm. and a challenge Mm -hmm. I never understood them before I had my own, I was like, who would shoot families? That seems like the worst. <laughs> Dealing with kids? <laughs> I didn't used to like kids very much. <laughs> Until you had, yeah, until you had something. I know. I didn't have the tolerance yeah. for them. And now I love them. Yeah. 
So not just your own, but like you, yeah, you're like, drawn to children. Like in I'll general go to now. the playground and end up playing tag with a bunch of random kids. Yes, I don't know, just because yes. I'm an adult there and they're yes. excited to interact with an adult. Yes, I do that too. I lose every time. Yeah. My six year old is infinitely faster than I am. Like, I thought it wasn't that way. We he wanted a race a few months ago, and I was like, okay. And so I was like. I'm going to give him a little head start. And he just took off like a rocket. That's awesome. They're amazing. (laughs) Their strength to weight ratio is nuts, too. Oh, his in particular, he's ripped. Like, he's solid. And he's like one of those kids that just is built Mm -hmm. that way. You know, he's got abs. He's six. He's got abs. He's got, like, cut muscles. Dude, I'm 33, and I still don't have abs. (laughs) I have an ab. (laughs) You only need one if it's a strong one. As long as it can get you out of the chair. It's one big strong ab that gets me where I need to go. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting that Quality kids over did that to you. You didn't see it coming, I imagine. What? What? The, the impact? Kids, the kids would, yeah, the impact that they would have. No, I did not. That was a very pleasant surprise. Yes. Honestly, I was a little bit terrified of the responsibility. Beforehand. Beforehand. But what, What's it like on the other side now? Oh, it's awesome. It's a ton of work. Right. And it stretches you in ways you didn't know you were capable of being stretched from uh, stress and physical, like lack of sleep when they're fresh. But at the same time, that's balanced out by joy and all these feelings you didn't know you could experience. So it's pretty cool. Has it brought you and Alex closer, do you think? I would say... Yes and no. I would say the amount of time we have to spend together as a couple free of distractions has diminished greatly, but the amount of respect that we have for one another has increased greatly because I get to watch her be a mom and she watches me be a dad. And that's what we're doing with the time that used to be our side by side time. And and you both, do you think you're good at it? You and her are both good at parenting. She thinks I'm good at it. I wouldn't say that I well, feel, you think, and you feel think, good at it. I think but she's you think good at she's it. good at it. Like oh, yeah. you, you each think the other is really like good at parenting. The, from the moment that our first child was laid on her chest, she just evolved into 2.0. It was crazy. Like mama bear instincts came out of nowhere that I've mm-hmm. never seen in her before. I saw like that a, happen, Like yeah. a fierce willingness to do anything for this child because all of a sudden the responsibility changes all of your priorities yeah i watched it happen in my own life too it's phenomenal yeah so regarding your business versus your your personal life they're they're so inter they're so intermingled right like they're so interwoven aren't they because it's you and her that are working in the business and then you have the two kids that have been kind of thrown into the mix because you had them. Yeah. And now you have all of it to juggle at the same time. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's been a challenge, especially lately with two, but what suffers? Um, I think whatever you allow to suffer, it really forces you to show where your priorities are. Yeah. So I would say we've erred on prioritizing the kids over the business. Um, Wise. But, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Think, I think so. Um, so I wouldn't say anything has suffered. Mm-hmm. I guess where, where we're at right now is we're realizing the need for more 
date nights. Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, get my parents to watch our kids more. <laughs> <laughs> or find another couple that has kids and like trade with them. You have to be intentional. Yeah, you have to be very intentional. You're going to make it happen. We're actually going to have one on Monday. What are you going to do? For our anniversary. I don't know. We used to do cool stuff, and now a fun night out is like just being alone for an hour. Like, let's eat a pizza and not talk for like 15 minutes, and then <laughs> talk. It was funny, though. After the after the first kid, the first date night we had, it was like three months in. Yeah. So we go out. She got dolled up. We're sitting down to dinner, and then like 10 minutes in, we're both like, I wonder what Nova's doing right now. <laughs> we miss her. So we turned on the, the Nest Cam and like saw if we could creep on her. And then we're like, let's just go home and hold her. Is that what you did? <laughs> well, we were out for a couple hours, and then we yeah. went back. And then you were like, yeah, we're going back. Part of that was because we missed her, and part of that was like our first time leaving her with another person, and yeah. you're nervous, and you yeah. want to make sure they... Yeah. You know, don't die. Right. Right. Number one rule. Keep him alive. Keep my kid alive. Wow. You have me thinking about my children. There you go. It's a good thing to think about. Tell me this. In in the current... We were talking earlier about how things are different now than they used to be. And now you have kids. What? Go 20 years back in your mind and now go 20 years forward in your mind. What do you hope for our kids? Gosh. Well, I think my ultimate hope is just to If we if we teach them to have strong character and be able to troubleshoot life on their own, they'll be great. I don't think there is any preparing them for what the world's going to be like in the future. Because we don't know. Right? Like you can, it's easy to over-shelter kids, which I think um, I've seen a lot of that and it results in, you know, rebellion once they're out from under your thumb. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested in being like, I need to be a, a parent and teach authority, but I also want to have a relationship of open communication so I can help them navigate through stuff and be a part of that process versus just telling them what to do and then leaving them to their own devices to navigate through it. But I think critical thinking and uh, assurance and they'll be great. One of my favorite quotes from somebody is, he says, you can't make your kids safe. No. But you can make them strong. That's a good way to put it. That's what you I, you that's have what no I, idea what they're going to encounter. Well, that's what I just heard you say, right? Yeah, except you said it better. Well, he, I never thought he that through before, actually. <laughs> that's you said from Jordan Peterson. He's, you said, he's, oh, he's a smart dude. Uh, yeah. You said, think 20 years back, and that was terrifying because that was middle school, <laughs> which was the worst and then 20 years forward, I've never thought that either. I tend to not think about stuff as much as you probably think I do. <laughs> I'm like a reactionary more than a planner. Very surface level dude. I don't know about that, but I'm not like, I'm going to 
set goals for 20 years from now. Oh, well, I don't do that either. That's just a question that came to my mind based on the fact that we were talking about children. Yeah. 20 years was an arbitrary number. It really could be five years or seven years or yeah, eight and a half years. I guess what I, I witnessed from my upbringing was parents have either the power to push kids their way or empower them through their mistakes by showering them with love and not saying it's okay to be a horrible person, but helping them grow through things. Mm -hmm. And I want to be tight with my kids, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the ultimate goal. I think before I had them, I was more interested in the idea of someday having grandkids than I was in the idea of having kids. <laughs> you but. skipped over the kids part. Yeah, dude. Skip you all really, that work and cut to the fun. You but. really did have an aversion, but now you're finding, aren't you finding now that, the, that the kids, that having the kids is the fun. It's, it's the fun. And it makes, it makes you grow in strange and mysterious ways. Like what? Uh, like everything naughty that my toddler does makes me think, oh, dang, I think she got that from me. <laughs> and it, it teaches you a lot about your own bad habits and behaviors and the way that, because they're sponges, man. Yeah. So it's humbling. Yes. And I don't know. My son. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, my son takes all that stuff from me. And then I get in trouble for it when he projects it. Yeah. To my wife. <laughs> Many Jed, go to your room. Big Jed, get in here. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard stuff like that many times. So what's the most challenging part for you being a dad now? with your business you're a dad you're an entrepreneur what's the mm, hardest part of that time management okay what do you do what do i do so i've always been uh like i mentioned earlier more reactionary yeah and you can't necessarily be that way when you have kids like we've taken great steps to transition our business into business hours so that we can have family time Every weekend, we don't work weekends unless it's like an extreme circumstance. Um, and I only shoot two evenings a week at most. Sometimes, two evenings. Sometimes none. Right. So starting, you shoot at sunset every night because it's easy peasy. Mm -hmm. But that's not sustainable for having relationships with people with normal day jobs mm -hmm. um, or for having a family if you mm -hmm. want to see your kids. Mm -hmm. So... It's, it's forced me to up my game a lot and change my style quite a bit. I've really had to get awesome at lighting so I can shoot a senior at high noon in terrible light and have it turn out great. And it's not nearly as easy, but the result, I think, in contrast with a market of everyone shooting at sunset has a lot of impact. Because it's a different look. Yeah. And it's also fun. So I guess we've we've been taking steps to try and structure our business to work in a time frame that matches our desired lifestyle versus letting the business dictate our lifestyle. Mm. That's the only way it works. Otherwise mm. you're a slave to this thing mm. versus it being an enabler. Right. And I could go get a job with health insurance <laughs> if you, you could, and it would be a lot easier. I've been tempted. In to some ways that grass does seem greener sometimes. Yeah. But then I think about what that would be like to go back to a cubicle right. eight to five wearing khaki pants. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I love, I love my job. So you said something that, that 
that a lot of people have said, and I really want to just know a little bit more about it. So this is, this is fairly practical, I think, but you mentioned the sunsets, the easy time, right? Mm -hmm. Shooting a senior high noon sun straight up in the air is difficult and learning how to do that. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. What do you, um, are there, are there secrets? Are there yeah, tricks to so the trade? When you, when you shoot at sunset, you can backlight your subject, you can frontlight your subject and you can just play and have fun, which I selfishly wish I could still do that. And not but, worry and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Right. During midday, there's still great light. It just presents itself in small little pockets that you have to find. So it's been kind of fun because it's like, let's go outside with this outfit and we have to explore for a few minutes and like find something that's going to work. And then that so like dictates reflecting what the off is. of a building, you know, you're over in the shade yeah. somehow, but, but it's I do, reflecting off a building. I do a lot of like in Iowa, we don't have cool buildings or <laughs> rocks. We have fields <laughs> and crops. Well, we've got sound, some, we've got some cool skies. I wouldn't live like anywhere. more of a challenge then. Yeah. So scrims are big. Um, What's a, you need what's a scrim? <laughs> a scrim is a piece of translucent material, mm -hmm. like a bed sheet that you put in between your subject and the sun, and mm -hmm. it turns the harsh, nasty, unflattering light into perfect, beautiful light. So who has to hold the scrim when you're out shooting? Do you have a mom come along, or do you have an assistant? I the last couple of years, I've had an assistant. Mm -hmm. So it's either a guy that's a good friend that comes in the evening, or I'll make my employee come with us when we go outside to mm -hmm. shoot an outfit during the daytime. Mm -hmm. So she's a very good scrim holder. <laughs> One of the best, I'd say. <laughs> um, I like to get the parents involved if they're there and they're willing, but that's not always. I'm I'm not, I don't have rules on who should come on a shoot. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's just the kid and sometimes it's the kid and their parents and their grandparents and half of their cousins. And it's like an entourage and that's a blast too. Um, but if someone's along, I won't bring my employee i'll let her get stuff done in the office if i have a dad and a brother that both want to help i'll give them stuff to hold because so then they feel more involved in the shoot and they take more ownership over the product right, right of course more, they have kind of more of an of a vested interest in yeah yeah especially the dad like if you yeah. can get them in on seeing the creative process mm -hmm. and seeing how complex and like the problems you're solving it gives them a lot more respect for the end result for what you're doing too because yeah. typically moms and the kids are amped and then the dads are the ones that are like, I have to pay for this. Where's the value in it? Right. <laughs> and you right. can show them that if they're on the shoot. Right. And they're usually the ones that turn into the biggest fans afterwards, which right. is cool. Right. So they're they're supporting more and more purchases and higher, 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 higher sales, really. Yeah. Right. We had, it's in my class tomorrow, so don't post this tonight, no, but. I won't. <laughs> there's a, I had one dad. I had him holding a strobe with the gel on it to be a fake sun because it was an overcast day and we're trying to get some bright, happy shots. And there's a shot. He's in the background holding this light, waving at the camera, really small, and he's out of focus. And they bought that as a wall portrait. And his specific instructions were, don't Photoshop me out. He wanted to be <laughs> in there. I want to be in there forever so I can remember that that sun was me. So you can kind of see him if you're looking for him. Oh, yeah, you, but can otherwise... you can totally see him. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. He was one of my favorite dads ever. He was such a character. He was really involved. Don't take me out. I want to remember yeah. that I was the sun. And then every single image I took using the light that he was holding, he's like, oh, that light has my son in it. Or that picture has my son in it. we got to put that one in the album. Because <laughs> yeah. he knew it was his son. Yeah, it was sweet his son on his son it was like a double oh, entendre it was his son too 
That's perfect. That's a perfect example. What sort of challenges do you need to really look in the face here this year and moving forward? And moving forward. Yeah, like what's I mean, I know you can't tell the future again, but you have to you have to sort of anticipate. Yeah. What's been piquing my interest lately is doing what I've avoided doing for ten years and getting involved in marketing via more traditional means like advertising and doing auctions and stuff like that just to try and get a more consistent year round business. Uh-huh. Um, I need to get more heavily involved in my community mm-hmm. again. Cause I've been a little bit of a hermit for three years mm-hmm. cause I've been home as much as possible mm-hmm. with the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then craft wise, I don't know. I'm, I'm constantly in a mindset of wanting to improve. So the specific way in which that's happening is always changing based on like, I get bored of what I'm shooting and try something different just to mix it up. Cause it makes me like my job. But where do you go to, to be inspired? Um, this is kind of probably an unusual answer, but I find it less helpful to be inspired by looking at other people's pictures and more helpful to listen to music and watch movies and be interested in humans. Uh, Something about our industry that I've noticed is there tend to be trends that pop up and one person is successful with a trend and then it becomes the thing that everybody does for Mm. a while and then it oversaturates and it dies and then there's a new trend. And I think the way around that or at least this is how I perceive things, is if you make a session less about a concept, whether that be a style or a type of lighting that you want to do or whatever, you make it all based around your subject. And you study them and you try and dissect who they are and like their personality and their vitality. Mm. And then you use techniques that are appropriate to dignifying that and then making that awesome. And that's the basis of the shoot. So, so f- for a senior, does that require like what getting to know them or building a rapport? Or I do I don't do consultations anymore, but I do um, send them a questionnaire and then I have a phone call with them to get a general gauge on their interests and stuff. But then the first fifteen minutes of the shoot, just talking, mm-hmm. I can usually figure out. Right. I'm pretty good at reading people, I think, yeah. which is a gift I didn't realize I had. Yeah. But I can understand from the person and my interaction with them and then how they interact with their parents mm-hmm. and how they talk about themselves, it gives a pretty clear picture of the type of person they are. Mm-hmm. So I tend to avoid um, mood boards and all that and just focus on the person and interact with them and then that's how you get a great picture. Because every human, when you're shooting an individual and every couple or family has a really unique chemistry i guess for lack of a better better strategy with the family even yeah family i mean you have to pose more because you're trying to flatter people but if you're doing like the fun shots like if i leave space for them to exist in the way that they naturally would if they're comfortable the body language falls into a place that has more you can just read it like rather than trying to pose someone properly which Mm -hmm. i was doing for a couple years Mm -hmm. I learned the pictures look a lot better if I back off and give them space to sink into comfort and make them comfort more through the interaction 
they'll sink into comfort versus me telling them what to do and trying to micromanage stuff. So I, I love posing to make people look better, but you have to kind of micro pose within the macro of how they exist. Mm -hmm. So I never get bored because every human is different. So when someone walks in, it's a chance for me to interact with someone and get to know them and try and figure out who they are. And you can learn from everybody. So it might not be a session that you post online and everyone goes, oh my gosh, that's awesome. But it right. might be, those are usually the images that the client values the most mm -hmm. because you capture the true character of someone mm -hmm. that is the loved one of someone else. And that's their family history. Right. And that has way more value, especially long-term than the number of likes I get on Instagram. It's so great to hear a parent say, you, you got her, you got him. Yeah. Right. Like when they see the image and they tear up sometimes or they get emotional and, and you can tell by the, by w even the expression on their face that they, they recognize that look or they recognize that, that expression or that pose even. Right. So this is when I knew, I didn't realize this was something I did. And then we had one of my very first seniors back when I was not very good. Sorry if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but that's what the mom said. She's like, you captured her in this picture. And then there's six siblings. So I shot the first four and the same thing. Every shoot, there's one picture where the mom was like, that picture is this kid. Right. And they're all super different. Like one was with a ring flash in a weird basement with a mm. skateboard. And one was like <laughs> laughing in a field. And then they moved away um, to Nashville they came back with the last two mm. just because that like you can get a pretty picture from any number of people, mm -hmm. but getting truth conveyed in an image is something that I think is a little more unique. So yeah, I think capturing an image and capturing the essence of somebody is they're two different things, you know, and the casual viewer on Instagram doesn't, that doesn't know that person won't right. know. They can't read if that's a true representation of the person or not. No, they would have They're no just idea. judging according to society standards of beauty and like, is the light nice and is the composition cool? Which is fine. I love that stuff too, but I think it goes a lot deeper than what we tend to talk about. So considering that we don't know the future, which we've established time and again, both on and off this podcast, uh, what what are your hopes for your for your business in five years? So to be honest with you, ten years again. That's an arbitrary um, number. I had some goals at the beginning, and then I accomplished them all. And now anything that happens that's good is not. It's like a pleasant surprise. Does that make sense? So I wanted to get clients and go full time. I wanted to have a studio space. Mm -hmm. I got those things. I wanted to win an award, so I did that once, and it was awesome. Um, but once you kind of go through that process and attain that stuff, you can end up in a cycle where you're chasing that forever. And I almost think about the guy in Napoleon Dynamite that's like, I bet I can throw this football over the mountains. <laughs> like you're, every time something great happens to me as far as a success, I never take it for granted because if that becomes an expectation, it's really easy to have disappointment. Mm. And I've seen that happen time and time again mm. in our industry. So my primary hope and dream with my business is just to become more deeply ingrained in my community and build deeper relationships and continue to 
get better at my craft and serve those people because that's where I want to live my life. You want to stay there? Yep. Yeah, you don't have aspirations to move. No, I mean, easily, I have a lot of peers that are like, you should move to New York because you could have a lot more commercial work because I have the skill set that's good enough to do that. But from the experiences I've had flying to New York or flying to LA to do a big time job, they always leave me dying to come home. Why? Why is your community so important? Because I think that's how humans are designed to experience life fully is in community. Like you can be a lone wolf and do your thing and be super successful, but now I'm in my 30s and all my friends that did that are moving back because they're that, having they're having kids and they're is that like, right? they're yeah, coming back. They're coming back. They're like, "Oh dang, we have kids and our perspective just pulled a 180 and we need to have them closer to grandparents and mm. I don't know. I'm big on my family was close growing up, which probably plays a part of that. Like my grandparents live in Ames still and they come over every Thursday night and sit in my porch and listen to the Ames Municipal Band play John Philip Sousa marches and Is that right? We get to hang out. Yeah. I love it. I love the fact that It sounds so American. That my kids know their great grandparents <laughs> yeah. and are going to have memories with them, you know. Because yeah. yeah. I had great grandparents all over and I vaguely remember a couple of them right. from meeting them like two two times, but I don't know. You can't get that back ever. And I think that's what shapes a person's character more than seeming success because as soon as you have success it goes away quickly it's like a flash duration it flashes and then it decays then you have to also ask yourself what what is success exactly exactly and i think culturally you know it's being good at your job or Mm -hmm. accumulating wealth or whatever Mm -hmm. but all of that in my 10 years of experience is very exciting but very fleeting Mm -hmm. And if you put all of your dreams into that, it's easy to end up unfulfilled. Hmm. I feel like you just opened the door for like three more podcasts. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So so come back at some point for part two, part three, part four with Dan McClanahan. (laughs) Oh, man. No one wants to hear that. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll let them be the judge of that. I'd sit here and stare at your beard for hours. I'm jealous. I got bald patches in mine. Oh, yeah. We discussed that the other night, too. Uh, uh, my gifting is that I was given a really good beard at a young age and didn't have to do anything for you, it. You have not wasted that gift. <laughs> You're inspiring a whole new generation. Um, listen, I appreciate this. You, 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 you've been hard to track down these last couple of years. I've wanted to talk to you face to face for quite some time well i've been to your place you've been to my place i know i've always been gone i know i know we finally made it happen cheers thanks for doing it my pleasure sound like a chick-fil-a employee when i say that